It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, May 16th, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. October will be Filipino American History Month in Alaska if Governor Mike Dunleavy approves a bill that passed the state Senate unanimously on Friday. As reported by James Brooks in the Alaska Beacon, House Bill 23 from Representative Genevieve Mina, a Democrat from Anchorage, is largely ceremonial. It does not declare an official holiday or require schools to teach lessons on Filipino American history. But supporters testified that passage of the bill would be an important honor. The first recorded Filipino visitor to Alaska arrived in 1788, and immigrants from the Philippines were critical to the operations of salmon canneries here in the 19th and 20th centuries. More immigrants came to Alaska from the Philippines than from any other country, but the state's history of recognizing Philippine accomplishments is mixed. HB 23 now advances to Dunleavy's desk for consideration. Jim Moore bought his troller in 1970. This summer will mark his 53rd year as a professional salmon fisherman. Eric Jordan wasn't born on a troller, but he has fished nearly every year of his 73 years. Jackie Foss doesn't yet have that kind of seniority, but she might one day. She and her husband fish as a family with her 8- and 10-year-old children on board. These three Sitka-based trollers are typical of the Southeast Alaska fleet. They have exceptional longevity in a difficult profession and a multi-generational investment in their businesses. With King Salmon trolling under the threat of closure from a federal lawsuit, KCAW's Robert Woolsey met with Jordan, Foss, and more to discuss the impact that no Chinook fishing this summer and winter would have on their personal and professional lives. In part two of their conversation, they discuss the importance of king salmon to the identity of Alaskan trollers. Every year the fish, it's exactly the same and nothing alike. You're in the water, you're dragging hooks, but are they going to hit the herring this year? Or is it going to be this spoon? Or is it going to be the spoon that you have buried in there that worked 10 years ago that might work now? Um, It's about the puzzle and it's about the fact that our entire year really starts July 1. That's our new year. Our whole life is centered around that July 1st opener. I'm just so blessed to have found a a livelihood doing something so interesting and creative. Every single day is different and it presents a whole new set of problems to solve. You know, I think I'll try that green thing that I used 15 years ago and then have them hit it. You know, that's a tremendous feeling, you know, success. And it's just like this anticipation and joy and just the puzzle of King Salmon because they could be where they've always been. They could not be there. You could have a 10 fish day. You could have a 300 fish day. A 300 fish day is a feat. A hundred is a lot, but just your arms are tired, but you're not tired. It's hard to come up with the words. What I said in my deposition on this wild fish conservancy suit, because we handle each fish individually, our connection with them is strong. And we, we care about them, we respect them. And that comes from, my friend Amy Gulick's book captures it well, The Salmon Way in Alaska, from the indigenous origins thousands of years ago right to the present. We honor these creatures and in trolling that especially that offer themselves to us for us to sustain our bodies with the finest food on earth but also sustain them 
by fighting to protect their spawning grounds, their passageways, their lives. And that's what breaks our heart because we are fighting for them. And now we're being excluded from their harvest. It's hard to not develop a connection when you are intimately involved with ending a creature's life. And it's not something that anyone takes lightly. And you're right. You are right. You're right there. And it's, it's not easy, but it's good because you know that you're taking care of the creature quickly, as painlessly as you can. If you're going to take life and you're going to re- extract a resource and you're going to eat meat, you, it's really important to do that as respectfully to the creature that you're taking it from as possible. Let me tell you, there's a lot of grief in the troll fleet, a lot of grief in families, and people need help. So not only do we have to think about making financial arrangements so people can uh, make or delay their payments with the state or CFAB or whoever else, banks, we also need to think about mental health counseling. Mm-hmm. for people who are devastated and don't know how they're going to feed their families, literally. You know, I'm, I'm proud of the product that we produce. This whole battle, court battle with Wild Fish Conservancy, you know, trying to shut down a food-producing industry, you know, without considering that, you know, there's 300 million people right now, not killer whales, 300 million people are starving to death. There's two billion people that are food insecure, as they say. And I just feel sick about all of the energy being spent, all of the resources being spent just to try to try to be able to continue to produce food for people. That was Jackie Foss, Jim Moore, and Eric Jordan discussing the role of king salmon in the identity of Southeast Alaskan trollers. In part three of this conversation, they'll share their views on conservation and the importance of healthy oceans to the sustainability of their industry. Sitkins had a busy weekend trolling for treasures at the annual Fisherman's Flea Market or searching for beach trash during the marine debris cleanup. But in Homer, it was something completely different. The annual bird calling competition returned last weekend. It's a fan favorite of the annual Kachemak Bay Shorebird Festival. KBBI's Corinne Smith has the story. Five-year-old Cassidy Almendinger confidently walks to the mic on a makeshift outdoor stage. She's the first contestant of Homer's annual bird calling competition. First, I am gonna be doing the sea and hill crunch. Almendinger says she learned that one from her grandmother. And it's a special spring call for many Homerites as the striking gold and gray cranes return to mate on the shores of Kachemak Bay. Next, I am going to be doing chickadee. A large crowd is gathered outside the Homer Brewing Company for the competition. Some have just come from birding workshops or kayak trips as part of the four-day shorebird festival. 17-year-old Marina Steffi steps up with another distinct and familiar call. (coughs) 
The bird calling competition draws contestants of all ages. Some have bird-themed t-shirts and binoculars still hanging around their necks. Four judges are seated at a table to the front, all decked out in bright feather boas. Ah! I haven't practiced since coffee this morning. Some bird calls are serious and some are funny. Some are easily identified while others leave the crowd guessing. Hello everyone, I'm going to be doing a very elusive bird call that I've never seen myself and you probably haven't either. It's the wet-billed blue-winged red belly. <laughs> Do we have guesses? That was a golden crowned sparrow, known for its distinct three-note trill. One contestant introduces himself as Mr. Oyster Catcher and wears red leggings and a black feather boa with a bright orange beak glued to a hat. I didn't plan to participate, but uh, when you show up to a bird calling contest dressed up as a bird, people are going to have expectations. <laughs> So here's my best oyster catcher impression. After a long and careful deliberation, the judges announced the winners. Penny Gage of Anchorage took home one of the top prizes for her eagle call. I practiced that call growing up in Sitka working on a tour boat in the summer. And I'm really glad to see it come into use today. <laughs> and I love the Shorebird Festival. I love migratory birds and really happy to be here. One of the judges is Cindy Ma, a bird guide and owner of Seldovia Nature Tours. She's holding pages of notes on the contestants. Like every, what, everybody has a star. And then look at how many we circled. <laughs> Yeah, they just, that, it was all so good. We kept saying, how are we going to do this? 17-year-old Marina Steffi, who did the memorable seagull call, was also a prize winner. Well, I did the Grey Jay, I did the Raven, and then I did a seagull, which is a pretty easy one, and then I did a magpie. She says she grew up birding on her grandparents' property in Kenai. This is her first bird calling competition, and she says she hopes to learn more bird calls and compete again. In Homer, I'm Corinne Smith. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News.